Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tupperware Party Massacre podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and with me as always is my wonderful fiance, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, how you doing? How you doing? I'm I'm doing amazing right now. I mean, I wish it was like this every single night with me, but I feel good. I feel good. How are you doing tonight, babe? I'm doing great. Um, we're doing things a little bit differently. Normally, we record right after watching the episode, fresh as can be. Uh, we had some technical difficulties that has led to you having quite the interesting setup. I wish we were recording video right now. I can see you <laughs> for the purpose of recording. We record in separate rooms to minimize any kind of bleeding of audio. But it's really funny because I have an actual podcast set up in my office because film, as we know, at our other show, we record video. And so I'm looking normal as usual. But it's funny because Jacqueline... You, on the other hand, at least on my end and what I'm seeing, and you can kind of see it here a little bit. It's really funny because you've got like this highly professional rig, because essentially what we had to do is get you an actual microphone, which luckily I just happen to have a spare one on hand. Uh, and then I was like, you know what, let's go extra. And I'm going to get you one of the spare swing arms that we have. So you have like a legit mic with a swing arm looking hella fancy but then like your lighting is just absolutely terrible because it's not an actual setup no it it was really funny when you busted this out i was like how expensive is this and you're like oh it's only 15 bucks i was and i just knew instantly let the listeners bask in that it's expensive they don't don't know amazon guys (laughs) amazon is the best it really is like truly if you're really trying to set up a podcast i highly recommend it uh, we can maybe do that down the road, a very quick little bonus, because there's a lot of stuff that you can do um, that isn't necessarily sacrificing quality. As you can hear, we both sound lovely. But this is not the reason for the show. The reason for the show, of course, is American Horror Story, because the Tupperware Party Massacre podcast is an American Horror Story cast. In this episode, we are talking about episode 103, season one, episode three titled murder house coincidentally this season is mainly called murder house it's not in the title this season and maybe because it's the first season but in following seasons it'll say what the season is called which next season of course is asylum spoiler alert Mm. um but yeah but this season is they named it murder house so it's really cool that we're now dabbling into prominently what the season is called so i'm 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 excited because i know what's gonna happen i'm excited to see you know your reaction and you know new big things about to be introduced um but before we get ahead of ourselves so this episode um i'm gonna give you a little brief summary like i usually do um it's after putting the house up for sale vivian discovers more about its first inhabitants meanwhile ben ben has a visitor who leads him into further unravel and Constance and Moira's past is revealed. So lots of, lots of exciting things are about to happen. So. Oh yeah. Well, and the whole Constance Moira thing has been bubbling. So it's good to see some of the backstory for sure. Oh, it's, it's crazy. So it's, where do we begin, babe? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So let's get started. 103. Uh, I will do my best to go in order, though I may finish a, a storyline if we get going on it, just for the sake of it. But um, yes. yeah, so we start off, we'll get right into Constance and Moira. Uh, I'm going to say it. Moira really got the raw end of that deal. Uh, she, at least in this scenario that we see that we come into, is literally being uh, about to be raped and is definitely the victim and still gets shot by Constance. So I know that there's some, there's some subtext here that honestly, when I watched this initially, I I, I missed it. And it wasn't until we talked very briefly because we do try to keep that for the show. Yes. um, That I realized that she said that the last time was a mistake. When it comes to Moira, like it's really sad because, you know, we don't know how long, you know, Constance's husband and her had a fling. We don't know if it was one time, two times, but, you know, it's just really sad to know that this happened to Moira because she seemed like, you know, a good girl, really, if you think about it, you know, this man probably seduced her and, you know, kind of got the best of her, kind of like what Hayden and Ben were like, you know, Hayden is a college student, you know, and then here comes Ben who, you know, is her teacher, but he definitely probably put some charm, 
you know, into whatever just lured Hayden into that. But, you know, poor Mora, poor Mora. But I will tell you, babe, like Constance is that bitch. Like, I love the camera angle that they did like when she was first coming into the scene they, they got her heels her walking and i will tell you i feel like every thing with jessica lane because she's in multiple seasons that bitch only wears heels <laughs> it's like it's crazy and you'll see in the future babe but um just the way hey, she wants to look good she wants to look good but just the way that she was walking up you know coming into that room and as she, as is coming like past her torso and all that she pulls out a gun yeah and she walks into the room and clearly she's been crying and uh babe how did you feel about that when she did that it's a bit of a gut punch so like i said so she comes in there's quite the the monologue of you know you're gonna this is the you're this is the last time you're breaking my heart kind of thing which is is a good point to make because when she does ultimately pull the trigger she shoots her husband right in the right in the heart so you know some some context there yeah um but yeah i mean honestly like i said so like it's a very quick scene and she's very quick to just absolutely destroy moira and shoot her in the head now we'll get into where in the head here in a second, but she shoots her in the head almost immediately. And it, and it sucked. Like I honestly, like, and like I said, it's like, regardless of past incidents, you know, clearly we know the context. She doesn't know the context. And I get that. But regardless of that, she clearly walked in on him, forcing himself on her. There's no way that her walking down the hallway, that sounded like a consensual interaction. You know what I mean? Like she's literally screaming for help. So, yeah, you know, you do make a good point. And, you know, there is some points I do want to say, but I feel like if I do say them, it's going to kind of spoil the season. But you have to understand, though, you have to understand, like she lives in the house that had past stuff. And you, we don't know, like, what's what's, you know, she could be getting triggered to do this. Yeah, she could. You know, you know, you don't know because you have to think we're looking at Ben and we're looking at Vivian. And ever since they've been in that house, like crazy shit has been happening to him. I mean, Ben's starting to sleepwalk and, you know, he's putting his hands on flames and stuff. And I think maybe the house is somewhat making her do crazy things and making her into this crazy emotional person. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, it definitely has a way of um, having its hold on you and. In very much in a, a shining way where it's almost, you know, slowly but surely deteriorating the person mentally and or making them do things or kind of things that they wouldn't do that are out of character. But right. um, before we get too further and mind you, and that's the other thing, too, is Constance and her husband were not the first people to live in this house. You know, there's a lot of darkness that, you know, happened prior to them moving into the house as we learn on. But yeah, so before we get I, I do before we leave this scene, something I do want to call out. And again, this is just because this is my craft. Yeah. Visual effects. But uh, fantastic de-aging work, because this episode is over a decade old and Jessica Lang is playing a younger version of herself, obviously, in this scene. So there's really no taboo of, you know, de-aging work being done. And I'm sure makeup was done as well. But she looks fantastic. Like they really like you cannot tell. Beautiful. Like she just looks like a young Jessica Lang. So that was really cool because mm-hmm. unfortunately, sometimes that can take someone out of a, a, a moment when it's noticeable. So that was really cool. I really appreciated that. And the, the craftsmanship that went into that. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Love it. Moving on. Uh, let's see. So we cut now back to Ben and Vivian. They're in the middle of an argument. Yes. Um, and this is, of course, aftermath of Vivian saying I'm selling this house like any normal person who has gone through such a traumatic event and all the creepiness is surrounding the house as well uh, I think most of us would want to leave so I totally get that you know what's really crazy too when we were watching the episode the way they kind of cut into that scene it, it, it actually got you kind of confused a little bit though because you're just it like did. Did, did, we, did we miss something and all that but it was also you know it's cool that you just like look back at the past episode the previous episode and it cut off to Vivian saying we need to sell this house or in that yeah. kind of context and so it's kind of cool how that we sped up and they're already arguing about this and let's just say talking about this fight it just proves again that Ben's a piece of shit dude I mean like the list of like things that I dislike about Ben and reasons that he's a terrible person. 
I'm running out of paper. Like I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the corners. I'm on, I like, I've already front and back this list. I'm on the edges. Yeah. Yes. Like I, I'm running out of spots, you know, yeah. we're going to have to move to another sheet of paper here at this point. I just, you know, this guy just keeps a lot of secrets from his wife. And, you know, m- when you're in the marriage, like, you know, you know, Zach and I, we are engaged to get married. And the one thing I've always said that trust is the biggest thing. Yeah. Trust is, it's part of every part of our relationship, you know, when it comes to us being inclusive to each other, when it comes to bills, when it comes to, you know, our dreams and goals and aspirations, like everything about that, you know, you think that this guy would have the audacity to just tell her, Hey, I'm letting you know, our money is going to be completely gone if we buy this house when they were first initially looking at the house instead of just, you know, just going on and not telling her that, Hey, you know, <laughs> our money's gone from buying this house. Like we have no money. Yeah. And uh, I just, I feel for Vivian though. It just, it stacks up so much because yeah. it's not just a financial situation that would cause a very heated argument in any relationship. It's the fact that like, he's trying to come up with a solution to fix his infidelity and to save his marriage. And the way that he does that is by putting gambling all of their money on a house that now has turned out to be quite the lemon, if you will. And if they sell this house, they're going to lose their ass because there's no way they're profiting. And it's all because of another decision that he made. So it's just the combination of things. is just really not making it great. You, you know, what just came on my mind, too, is like I'm thinking, OK, so they're from the East Coast. They're from Boston, you know, and Ben wanted to take the family across country to get away from what from his bitch ass yeah. and, you know, him doing his thing. But do they really have to choose Los Angeles, though? They could have gone to any other place that was a little bit cheaper if they were going to California or even just somewhere on the West Coast. Los Angeles is by far one of the most expensive places in the entire country. And I feel like he just did not do his research. And I know I'm kind of getting out of the box a little bit. I'm, be, I'm being real realist about I know all we're this. really nitpicking the details here, but it's true, though, because it's like. He's a he's a psychiatrist. There's no reason that he would need to live in Los Angeles. It's not like Vivian is like, you know, has a job that ties her to Los Angeles or their daughter or for whatever reason. Like, I, I get the change of scenery, the change of pace. Um, move to Oregon. Exactly. If, if it's a distance thing, like there's so many other places that you could have moved that would have been that you wouldn't have to move into murder house to save some money on a, a beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, especially if you knew, especially if you knew that there was money issues, you know, if you just assume that, you know, we can afford all this, let's go to Los Angeles and he didn't give a shit, whatever. But I feel like, like if you knew that we're very limited on money, why go? Yeah. We're definitely nitpicking, but it's just we little are. things like that. Let's, let's just, move, let's move forward into the argument where Ben does what he loves to do, which is flip this back on Vivian and it being her problem because, you know, she's crazy. <laughs> we got uh, the not victim here. saying that. But yeah, he's just straight up like, you know, you don't. we need to find you somebody to talk to. You know, that whole psychoanalyzing. I'll tell you, babe. Uh, yeah, the thing that really comes to mind here is and that makes me very thankful in our relationship is, you know, our jobs are very different. I don't think that that's a necessary thing. But I'm just happy that your job is not as a psychiatrist or a therapist or anything dealing with mental health and wellness, because I don't think I could handle a relationship like that. The amount of times in this show, and I know for a fact, and maybe you have an example of this, too, but I know for a fact people that I know that are in this field unexpectedly or not even intentionally psychoanalyze people Oh my God, that's the fastest way to frustrate someone in the middle of a conversation or an argument is to begin mm-hmm. to psychoanalyze. I'm like, I didn't pay for a session. I'm having an argument with me. Treat me like a person, not a patient. <laughs> yeah, like I do actually have an example. I I I know a couple of friends who are psychiatrists mm-hmm. and psychologists. Like I have a lot of friends on Facebook, but there's one in particular that I, I somehow stumble upon them, like when I'm scrolling through the wall and yeah. you know. I can I can see him just commenting on a post and him just having to put his two cents in there, but not as a friend, but as his job. Like, and how does that make you feel? And, you know, what I think is best, you know, in in the right way, like just the way he's wording it is just 
oh my god like I, I i could not deal with that like i just and like what you said like i don't think i could ever date somebody or be with somebody who was like that and always just you know putting their two cents in and you know giving me textbook phrases and giving me just shit that i, I don't want you know dude like, i'm trying to have a passionate argument with you not be analyzed that's that's the difference right like and I, and again, it's to the point, like, I just, I feel like a certain, prof- I think there's a lot of professions that this happens where you just don't have an off switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're not, like I said, I don't think he's consciously doing it, but God damn, is it infuriating? Very. It's infuriating as a, as a viewer as well. Like I'm, the more I watch the show, the more I'm in Vivian's court, 100%. Like <clears throat> she's amazing. I love her. She's a strong woman. You know, she's really trying to, you know, save her family, put her family yeah. first, despite her clearly terrible husband. Um, yeah, man. And I got to tell you, she she ends it with, if you lie to me again, we're done. And uh, well, you know what else I want to add to this before we spit off in this one? He actually still had the nerve to tell her, oh, you're having PTSD from this attack that just happened in the previous episode. Just little shits like that. Like, I'm sorry. I, I would be really pissed. It's like it's like someone telling me, chill, just chill. You know, just it's just like things like that, like the words still that you just in a belittling way. So even more frustrating, very belittling way. So, but you know, so let's let's move on to the next part of the the. Well, hold show. on, because the thing that I think is funny to me yeah. is when she goes, "If you lie to me again, we're done." And it's just like the second she said that, I'm like giggling because I'm like, <sighs> well, yeah, I saw you giggle. You remember that homely girl I said I was seeing in Boston? Well, she ain't so homely. In fact, she's actually that super fit student of mine. And uh, I was there to help her get an abortion. But uh, aside from that, and that was also, I know, real bad timing. Also the time that uh, you almost got murdered <laughs> by the Manson family. God, right. Oh. So, but uh, that's the last lie I got, you know? So, I mean, that's it you know at least that we know of now but that's that's the last one i got like oh my like this dude like there's no sale there's no saving this like he can't be honest because honest no there's just no way that works but at the same time like it's gonna blow up it it, we'll talk about that a little bit later too because it it blows up a little bit in this episode staying in order we move to the realtor it's really funny though this more brownie points to vivian vivian is that bitch I, I'm mm. gonna. I, we're gonna put another more tally point. I don't like Constance. Vivian, I like Constance. I like Constance in a different way. I feel like like she just she has her way of how she's talking or whatever. I don't know. Her relationship with Adeline is so or Adeline is Adeline. so genuinely just tortured and messed up disturbing and it's such a it's such a messed up scenario that i can't see past it and that's just one of many reasons that i dislike her but it's a pretty solid one (laughs) like i have yet to forget the mirror closet so you know (laughs) put that out there but vivian the realtor so yeah so we get to the the realtor and all that and she's there and vivian just flat out tells her like hey like i need you to put this house up back to sale. Like I, mm-hmm. I we, we want to move out. And of course, you know, um, the realtor, what's her name? It was her name is Sylvia or something. I don't know. I don't care. I, for, I forget her <laughs> name. Yeah. I wrote her name down. Uh, Marcy. It's Marcy. Marcy. So, go. yeah. So she's just, you know, Vivian, it's just being very blunt. I need you to put this house back up to sale. We, we, we can't be polite, here. Though. And po- very polite. And of course, Marcy's pulling off like, Oh, I can't do that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then that's when Vivian is just like, you know, (laughs) I need you to like tell what's going on in this house. Like something is going on. And if you don't do this, I'm going to I'm going to sue you for criminal negligence. Yeah. So and then she also goes off, which I know, you know, exactly pretty much what she said when she went off. Uh, But the one thing that just drove me crazy, of course, Marcy had a play the victim herself too like good old ben oh well do you know where i live i live in a a one a one bedroom apartment Dude, you're upselling it she lives in a studio apartment she uh, she was in a studio apartment that also has rats 
you know, just just I would kill to be in this house. That is one of the qualifiers, but it's usually in the house that people are killing. But, what did uh, Vivian say, though? Like she was just what cracks me up is the way that she she immediately tries to like, well, you should probably have someone more experience. And then this is where it leads to what my favorite where I was genuinely rolling because it was hilarious. She goes, oh, if you think that I was the first person, that you were my first call. She's like, I called this person. I called this person. I called 20th century. I called all these people. No one will take this listing. So here's what you're going to do. OK, you're going to bake whatever cookies you need to bake. <laughs> you're going to buy whatever flowers you need to buy. And you're going to tell whatever sweet little stories you need to say to sell this house. But you will sell this house. And if you don't, then that's where she goes. I will go after you for criminal negligence for not disclosing. And that's where Marcy still has the balls to say, well, I told you I only have to tell you with the, the last three years. And I did technically disclose that. And oh then she God. just continued. Vivian just continues to slap back and pretty much put Marcy in a corner that she can't get out of. And so now Marcy begrudgingly is definitely going to have to sell this house. How successful she is, we'll find out on this season of Flip This Murder House uh, on HGTV. (laughs) You know, oh God. And, you know, in the middle of all this too, Constance is in the house. She's looking through. Doing Constance shit. Constance just in the house. It seems like every episode this is what she does, just randomly in there. And she's always conversing with Moira. And I think it's because of just, you know, the whatever happened with themselves in the real life and all that. They're always going to have some sort of connection. And, you know, not in a good way. But, um... And then, of course, Constance just sitting there stealing the silverware. Because, you know, Ben and Vivian have that Gucci freaking expensive-ass uh, silverware. So here's Constance just, you know, doing her thing, stealing us, and then making Moira, I need you to clean this off. It is yeah, not polish clean this enough. up for yeah, me. I need you to polish <laughs> this up. <laughs> but it's just, uh, Constance is just, I don't know. I just like her just how, how she is. Like She's she just, got some boss bitch uh, mentality, I think is what does. it is. You know, she's got that boss mentality for sure. But, you know, something that was really interesting and you pointed you were like such a fan of this because I I think this is a new thing for you that you realize this time around watching it is, you know, us seeing old Moira when she's interacting with Constance at this point in the show or in this episode, we see the ghost eye again. And that's what I wanted to mention. I forgot about uh, earlier is when Constance shoots Moira in the head. It's very fast. But towards the end of that scene, we zoom in on her husband and also Moira. And we see that she got shot directly in the eye that is ghosted when we see her as her old self in the show. So that was kind of an interesting connection point there too. And she even brings it up because Moira has a moment where she freaks out because she doesn't want to be there anymore. Like she, and and again, I feel bad for Moira. Like she doesn't want to be there. She's somehow trapped and Con's like, well then leave. She's like, I can't, you know? And then she's like, well, and every time she's like threatens to tell on Constance or to not do what Constance says. She always threatens her and she always joke, you know, kind of almost in a weird sadistically joking way. says like, don't make me shoot you again. And she mentions the eye shot and she goes, and after all, I am quite a shot still. And she winks. Lest we forget about your eye. And then she winks too. And then she winks. Oh my God. Again, like I said, she's got a savageness to her that is, 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 is entertaining. She, the word, the best word I can say is she's sassy fucking sassy. Yeah. I love like it. the amount of times that we could have Snoop Dogg slowly creep in with the the sunglasses and the blunt, you know, that thug life moment oh with Constance. My oh my god. god. That's Constance. That that's her yeah, meme. To a T. So, so we're now going to meet um a new client, a new patient of yep. uh Ben. Do you want to talk about her? Yeah, so the new patient is Sally, uh, and Sally doesn't have a lot going for her. She's uh, oh, quite the boring person. Uh, I damn near fell asleep listening to her talk. <laughs> uh, very monotone, and even what she's saying is entertaining, so it's not if she said it better, it would have been better for her. But what I notice in this is, leading up to that, Ben has some coffee that Moira made for him. And then he goes into a session with Sally and he kind of just starts kind of zonking out a little bit, almost like he's about to start daydreaming. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of getting frustrated, but she keeps talking to him. Everything's going fine. And then we just wake up 
like Ben and the viewers just wake up not in the room anymore. Blood on his hands. With blood, blood on his hands. And so at this point, I turned to you and literally was like, we hallucinating now? Because I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if this was like some weird <laughs> like that. ghost hallucination thing happening. Yeah. Because like I said, leading up to, he did not seem well. Like, he looked kind of out of it. So I was like, well, maybe he fell asleep while she was talking. Like, I almost did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is not the case because we stay in this state and continue to stay in this state. Yeah. And it doesn't shift back. And then, of course, we see you know, the, the young Moira again cleaning up some blood in the hallway and looking her, sexy as can be sexy as can be ass hanging out and everything like, Oh, don't worry. I started in the other room, but I'm just cleaning up in here. And then we have the tape recorder, uh, franticness, right? Ben's looking for the tape recorder that he uses for his sessions. Can't find it. Immediately starts blaming, um, uh, Moira, of course. And the thing is with Moira that as much as I feel bad for her, I don't sometimes because she does this shit to herself. Like the way that she interacts with people, it's like, yeah, you're getting the reaction that you're asking for to a degree. So he was basically freaking out about the recorder. Uh, he, you know, is kind of like, where is it? And Mora starts doing the same all like, I don't know, maybe it's down my blouse, you know, and starts to unbutton it. And finally, Ben just kind of fully snaps. He's like, you know what? I'm sick of this. He grabs her. He shakes her. I'm done with the games. Where is my tape recorder? And at this point, this is when Vivian walks in. And of course, we see old Moira again and Ben manhandling her, not in a sexual way, but more in a like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you shaking our maid? Um, which leads to the conversation that I think that you probably like the most, or at least a standout conversation yeah, for you in the episode where Moira kind of is talking to Vivian and again, playing the victim card and being like, well, you know, I feel like men sometimes see what they want to see, but women can see into the soul of a person. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of just it, it, it like it blew my mind because you see Vivian, she sees Moira as her old self and that's who Moira is. That's that that's her true self, because when you met younger Moira, whenever she was with the husband, I feel like she had that same type of feeling like, oh, no, we shouldn't be doing this. You know, like she was very timid, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and then the sexy Moira, you know, this is what men want to see. And, you know, the sexy Moira just comes off as, a, you know, she's a bitch, you know, in, in her own little way. You know, she's not that timid girl that we met in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So she's really it, it, it made it. me. Yeah. It made me just had a moment there with that. It was really cool. So. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. And there's a lot of it was a very L.A. episode. You know, we've got Vivian threatening to sue the realtor. Ultimately, Vivian decides, you know what, maybe it's just best for all of us if we just kind of go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And of course, that leads to, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, Moira freaking fully out, which is really the first time this has ever happened in front of Vivian, where she's just like basically full up, flat out refuses and goes, if your husband ever lays his hands on me again, I will sue you, yeah. you know, and blah, 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 and threatens her. It really puts them in this really tough situation because now it's like, well, we can't get rid of her, even though, you know, Vivian doesn't. I mean, I'm sure Vivian wasn't like fully on like, well, we need to get rid of her, but she's just trying to do what's best for her family as always. Yeah. So what happens next is um, Ben and Moore kind of get into another little altercation. She's in the I, I believe she was just cleaning something. She was putting a cup away or a dish away. And Ben was just like, you need to like get away from me. And then I forget exactly what was said, but then she was like, your your next client is in your office. So Ben was kind of confused because he didn't think that he had a client. And so he goes into his office and guess who it was? It was good old Hayden. Yeah. Hayden showed up, is in L.A. from Boston, in his office. Looking all kinds of crazy. Yeah. You know, you have to think Ben left her in Boston, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, his poor family was going through some freaking crazy trauma here in L.A., you know, but he promised to Hayden that he was going to be there for her for the whole way through with this abortion and that he was going to be there whenever she got out. And, you know, I feel like maybe she like had a gut feeling that he wasn't going to be out there. If she said, Hey, one second, I got to grab my purse or something. Yeah. And when she went out there, he wasn't there. So I'm sure she snapped. She's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to go through with this. And that's what she told him. She told him I'm keeping the baby and you're going to pay for it. Oh my God. You're going to get us a nice spot. 
Uh, and we're going to have a great little life. Again, fully delusional, <laughs> crazy lady. And to the point that I made on the episode we talked about her, I go, she's going to be a problem. And it doesn't matter that Ben almost lost his family to some crazy ass man's at home invasion. She ain't going to care about that. Like, she's a crazy person. We're seeing her again. She's a crazy person, you know. And so here she is. And I just the look on Ben's face. Oh, I had to clap for that because the look Mm. on his face. And that's when he knew. He fucked up. Right. To the <laughs> music. Yeah. That was that. And that's when he knew he fucked up. The look on his face. Oh my God. It's he's trying to better his life with his family. And here's his past coming to haunt them. Oh yeah. <laughs> the man with many mistakes. And you know, the thing is he doesn't get any relief this episode because by the time he finally convinces her to leave the house so he can talk to her at a later time, not at the house. Uh, he's literally shuffling her out and there's a guy at the door and the guy at the door is literally a fucking detective. Oh my uh, God, yes. And he immediately is like, oh, I already told the detectives everything about, you know, the home invasion and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm not robbery homicide. I'm with missing persons. Comes in, they go into the kitchen, they start talking and man, I just had a whole moment where I just remember something too, speaking of which, but they go into the kitchen. And he's asking about Sally. Sally's missing now. They can't find Sally. Now, Sally, of course, as we touched on earlier, is a patient that was quite boring to the point where Ben pretty much passed out uh, due to sheer boredom and woke up with blood on his hands. So now I'm like, oh, shit, is Ben like a, like having werewolf moments here where he's just like, you know, blacking out, murdering people, not knowing it. And while he's talking to the detective, Moira comes in, saunters in as she does, all sexy like, (laughs) with a single, and this is really interesting now, with a single, like, uh, uh, basically like a teacup set, like the saucer tray and the cup that, uh, you know, Ben was drinking out of, puts it in the kitchen, walks out. And of course, the detective and me goes, I don't know how you get anything done around this house with that around. Again, speaking to your favorite comment that Moira made earlier that men see what they want to see. So the detective also saw the sexy maid, not the, you know, true maid that she is, you know, her true self. But it's interesting because I don't know when and I don't have it in my notes, so we'll just touch on it now. But we end up finding out the detective leaves. He whatever Ben says, he says enough that the bet that he's not really thinking about it. He's not concerned. And he almost writes it off as well as like, well, I'm not surprised you don't remember much because everything I heard about Sally, she was a very boring person. Mm -hmm. And then he just leaves. So he's he's not really looking at Ben as a suspect, at least openly, you know, where the viewers would catch on. But it does kind of lead into I think at some point Ben wakes up outside with a shovel. Now this is still relatively around this time frame, and Constance finds him and wakes him up. But the thing is like this leads to a conversation where he ends up finding out. So before we go ahead, we are missing a big, 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 big thing. So we're, we're forgetting about Vivian. Vivian is guarding. And as she's guarding a freaking Torah bus comes up. And they're just like, and mind you, mind you, this, this, the look on her face, but it's the eternal darkness tours. And they're like, and now the last stop is we're ending, coming up to murder house. And the look on Vivian's face is just on a megaphone and everything like on a megaphone, because here she is, like, she's hearing that, oh, only a couple of guys passed away in this house, the biggest owners. But now she's hearing that this place is called the murder house. So what the hell is going on? You know, so speeding up through the because we, we already passed on some topics. Yeah, yeah. She ends up going on to this tour because she's curious, you know, because she wants to know what's going on because she she wants to put her house up on sale. And she's trying to understand this house a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would be like her, too, if a tour bus came up and they're just like, this is murder house. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? Yeah, uh, no, this is this is Vivian's house. Um but I don't know about murder house. Yeah. And so she's on there and she's hearing about the first or- owners, which was uh, Charles Montgomery, who was a surgeon. And then his wife, Nora Montgomery. Yeah. They were originally from out uh, east and they came out west. Um, and we we get to learn about good old Charles Montgomery. He, he seems like a very crazy person. Um, he likes to do surgery 
experimental surgery is what I guess I should say. Very Frankenstein. In fact, they even referenced that he kind of had some Frankenstein-like tendencies. Very, very Frankenstein. And Dr. We, Frankenstein. Yeah, we meet him and he has a pig and he's putting bat wings on this pig. And Hey, sounds like a typical Friday to me. Yeah, and he's also inhaling whatever drug he's doing because obviously he's inhaling yeah. something. Um, and then we hear Charles... Charles and it's it's Nora coming down saying you know time for dinner, but Nora she just has this you know you can automatically tell she's disgusted with Charles she's disgusted mm-hmm. with everything around her it seems like she's disgusted on how her life is turning about that's what I'm I'm hinting when I first meet Nora Montgomery, um, and they also have a baby which you know cute little baby I think cute little you baby. know I want to stop you there yeah. Because the baby, I saw that baby in her cute little white outfit, and I'm all like, mm, "This is this is the 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 lady baby monster thing." I think this is what it is that we met in this the second or first episode. Yeah, yes. yeah, that weird one that Tate was hanging out with. That it's like it's his pet, like you know their besties. That one. Yes, uh, I could be way off base, but the second I saw that baby, and I'm like, "Oh, well, these people are definitely dead." This is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's it. That's it right there. But it's a baby. You don't know if that's true or cute, not. Cute in the episode, but I, I feel like there's a darkness. She's cute. But so anyways, there's a baby, and Nora also seems like she can't handle being a mom. She has a a, yeah. a, a maid or whatever who takes care of the baby. Um, but Nora tells, you know, hey, the bill collectors came today. You know, mm-hmm. where's the money? You know, just, just you know, she's hinting that, uh, here we go where's the money we have no money type of thing why aren't you making money and you're supposed to be the main breadwinner of this family and i couldn't i couldn't help think of the situation between vivian and ben oh how do you exactly not? Yeah. exactly the same kind of situation which is I, I, like i, no, I realized exactly this. and now they solve the situation not exactly not exactly but the whole money situation you know oh, where's yeah. the money you're supposed to be the main breadwinner and now we have no money type of thing and now you know you think about the house like all of our money's in the house type of thing but um, yeah, so she goes, I arranged a a, a girl to come through tomorrow, um, $60, and I expect you to, you know, do what you have to do type of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's when you realize that this guy does abortions through his house. And yeah. mind you, this is in the 20s. This is in the 20s. So I, I couldn't even imagine how that goes because you don't really know how it goes well and we we start the we start that 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 train of thought because when the girl shows up she basically gives her something to drink knowingly gives her something to drink that has something in it and she goes this is so you won't remember essentially which obviously she's okay with because she doesn't want to remember it either you know kind of thing um but that's a really important point because we will eventually get to, and I don't know if now is a good time to start segueing here. Yeah, we can. Into Ben, Ben finding out that he's been drugged as well. Uh, and so Moira has been drugging him. And that's been the source of the blackouts. And the way that he finds out, we can kind of come back to this, is we're watching all this happen with Charles and Nora because the tour guide is explaining this. And as they touch on the abortion, we cut back to Vivian and she's bleeding oh, yeah. from down there. Spotting, if you will. So that, of course, leads to a hospital visit. Of course, Ben is surprisingly there for a change. Well, let's not forget. Let's not forget whenever Vivian runs in the house. He's like, you can't go in there. She's like, this is my house. This is my house. Incognito no more. I'm bleeding and it's awkward. Yeah, I just I just thought that was a really I just thought that was a really funny scene. It's very funny. um, And also spinning back to the whole drugging thing. We don't know if it was Moira because Moira said prove it. Prove it. That was me. She's. We don't know if it I was guess, Moira. Yeah. Well, here now I am. Like, you know, them blaming Moira automatically. Well, yeah. We don't know that. And we'll touch on why that that could be a point of contention too. That it may not be her. But anyway, so they're at the doctor's office. Everything's fine with the baby. It's normal to be spotting. You know, the doctor says there's like fifty percent more blood in your body than normal, so that's normal. Um, however, Ben also mentions the fainting. And so at that point, like, well, we should have you looked at anyways, just in case. Yeah. This is what triggers that conversation, because he does get a phone call from the doctor's office saying that everything checked out. Everything's fine. But you did have this really weird uh, drug in your system that's not like basically known nowadays mm-hmm. uh, that 
could have been the cause. And they kind of explain like what, it, what the symptoms are. And so that's when he immediately accuses more of like, you're drugging me mm-hmm. and leads to your point where she's like, we'll prove it. Yeah. And I took that as like a sassy Moira comment and not as a, like she didn't do it, but it's interesting you bring that up because we're talking about Nora. We, we got uh, we got sassy Mora. Okay, we got sassy Mora, and you have to understand sassy Mora. I feel like she's true half the time, you know. But she's yeah. just she's not that timid girl that we met with the older Mora. So I don't know. I just I I caught that as a you know prove it. How how do you know it's me? You don't have any proof. Type of yeah, thing. and I took prove it as more of like a. I did do it and good luck trying to prove it kind of because again, that's that's normally the kind of more that we're getting, at least when Ben's interacting with her. Um, yeah. But the reason why it's a point of contention is because like we've discussed Nora now and Charles, we end up seeing Nora in this episode now interacting with Vivian. She comes to the door. Vivian, not like the last time, very cautious to open that door, but finally does open up the door with a candelabra in her hand, just in case things get a touch hairy. Um, and she starts walking her through the house and the late, and, and she thinks she's interested in the house. So of course, you know, Vivian's like, Oh yeah, there's this. She's like, Oh, and, and, and it's so freaking funny, man. I'm watching it and you saw me laughing mm-hmm. because this girl is just like fully just like eating up herself you know like she's like oh i like what you did with this knowing that like this is a custom house that was literally made by her husband for her every little detail every little nook and cranny was specifically made just for her to her liking so of course she's just like oh yeah that's nice too and like oh yes uh, that is nice Uh uh-huh and she's just eating it up and then she gets to the kitchen man and and as she's leading into the kitchen, Vivian goes, yeah, it's a wonderful historic home. And the kitchen's been fully remodeled. And immediately I'm oh. like, oh, let's see how this goes. And she walks in and she about has a damn meltdown looking at the kitchen. And what is, is asking, this? Like, what's this? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's a pasta holder for, you know, filling up large pots. Of, but we can have that removed. Don't worry. And then she's like asking about like, I think the microwave at one point, too. And she's like, yeah, I question having that in here, too. But that's because Vivian's a hippie, not because of, you know, or has those tendencies, not because because of, you know, <clears throat> literally not knowing what it is. But it was just really funny to me seeing that moment. And uh, yeah, there's just a really creepy moment that she has with Vivian uh, where Vivian says something and then she looks back and then Nora's gone. Um, yeah, she was uh, she was getting the tea out of the microwave because she was she made some fresh tea. There you go. Uh, and she turns around. Yeah. And she's gone. Very, very, very frightening. So this is interesting that you bring that up now because she's making tea and then now she's gone. Right. So if it is Nora doing it, that's one thing. But the thing that I thought interesting, though, is if it was Moira, this would be really funny to me is um, the fact that when he's talking to the detective, Ben being the he I'm talking about, she comes in and the only things that she has, like I said, is the saucer tray and the teacup. So it's almost like a foreshadowing of like what's happening. It may not necessarily be because she's the one doing it, but it's at least like now looking back at it as we're talking about it, something's in the tea. We don't know. You know, because we're clearly kind of coming back to either the cup, talking about it, or people are making tea. So there's always that constant, you know, through through line here in the episode. Yeah. But it could have been Nora. Yeah. So, but in the midst of all this too, and I... I'm trying to remember uh, when the detective came back or when Hayden came back. It was one before the other. But um, so Ben told Hayden previously, whenever she was originally in the house, that would be right when the detective came in. Hey, meet me, meet me tomorrow at three at so and so. And so now, you know, Ben had to deal with the whole thing with Vivian and all that. And of course, you know, he was late. He was late to meet uh, Hayden and Hayden's at the door and she was just like, dude, where were you? Vivian, Mrs. Harmon, Mrs. Harmon, you know, yeah. just busting through the door and you're just like, holy shit. Like, I, I don't even think I don't even know if, uh, if Vivian was there or not. I don't yeah, at this think point, there was... wasn't enough context for us in the scenes leading up yeah. to this to know if she's in. But the way that he is acting, 
I think makes us feel that she's not there because he's not like genuinely freaking out. He's just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. So anyway, so Mrs. Harmon, Mrs. Harmon. So, you know, <laughs> she's she's, you know, crying and having her moment because now here's Ben just leaving her again. And so she's becoming even more crazier. And so Ben, you know, calms her down and, you know, it's just like, you know, relax or whatever. And Hayden's, of course, you know, saying that, oh, I, I, I want us to, you know, I don't know if she says she wants us to like to be together, but I really want us to like raise our baby together or some in that context. And Ben agrees. And he's just saying what she needs to hear. And she needs what to hear. And then he was just like, well, do you want to go somewhere or whatever? And she's like, well, I am eating for two. So, um, of course, you know, <laughs> they go. And as they're walking out the door, you know, as they're walking out the door, she was saying something. And then slam, she gets hit in the head by a shovel by the crazy Burman. And of course, you know, we, we see the crazy Burman um, a little bit before the scene happens. You know, he's, of course, you know, haunting or terrorizing freaking Ben. Haunting? As he's running again. Did you just spoil something just now? No, not hunting. It just seems like he's hunting. You said haunting. I said hunting. And I have my theories that he's a ghost. But you are now uh, starting to confirm I, them, miss. I, no, no, I can tell you right now he's not a ghost. If you really So what he's know. what he's doing with Ben, the 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 short point of it, if you haven't been watching with us and you're just kinda listening to the show, yeah. Recapping, if you will, is he's asking for money. He's asking for a thousand dollars. I really need a thousand dollars for headshots. Because that's what that guy needs. Headshots of that face. Sorry, buddy. But uh Yeah, it's like why do you need headshots? But anyway, so Burning Man, always there at convenient times. Always, always trying to do what he has to do or whatever. But yeah, I so love I this don't... interaction, by the way. It's hilarious and very comedic because of the actor playing Burning Man <laughs> in this scene. Yeah, it's Dennis O'Hara, if I'm not mistaken. That's his name, it's Dennis O'Hara. But anyway, so speed up. I don't know if the Burman kind of took offense to whatever Ben said, but he came there and he hit Hayden in the head with a shovel and he was Multiple just like, times. Oh, because he was just like, Oh, oh, she's still moving. And she went, he went, wham, wham. <laughs> and, a couple times. and Ben fucking Ben is just like, what's going on? He's like, Oh my God, like crying. And you know, Oh my God. And then of course, you know, after that happens, he was just like, you know, you were going about to put yourself into, a really bad situation like on the alliance of that like let me like we i just fixed the problem for you <laughs> just like because you know By the way i need that thousand dollars but the best part the best part is how he delivers that because he basically starts walking over to the garden area that big spot that they have where they're like ben got woke up originally with a shovel because he was digging a hole and he's standing over the hole and he goes hey you actually got a pretty good start on this. This this is great. And then as he's finishing digging the hole to bury this girl's body, he that's when he looks at Ben's like, by the way, could still really use that thousand dollars. Yeah. It was it was really funny, but the really sad part about this but the really sad thing about the scene, and it wasn't even Hayden Hayden dying, you get a little a little little scene of Moira standing at the window crying because the burn burning man found her her outfit her little maid outfit yeah and that's where she i guess she got buried uh, after she got killed um found her little maid thing and you know she's really sad because now they're building a gazebo over it so that means the likelihood of her body ever being discovered is very slim now because they're building something over her body because and by they you mean ben suddenly randomly knowing how to build a wonderful gazebo but you know because they put Hayden on top of Moira's body, like her bones, her remains. And so I, I thought that was a really sad scene. And I just. Yeah. And then I feel like Constance was there and she said, well, now you're stuck here or something like that. Like, Constance yeah, just, she has her moments. As she was always. just there being the bitch as usual, but forever driving yeah. in the, the knife into the wound, if you will. But really full circle on the whole on this episode of flip this murder house, because now we're building a gazebo, you know, to really add yeah. some curve. So, so, so and I, I feel like, you know, I, I did I put the order in wrong, but. We also, the detective comes back um, because he finds uh, Ben's tape recorder. Yep. And it turns out his tape recorder was with Sally and they found Sally's body. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this. Well, yeah. So they, they, well, the way you make it seem is that she killed herself. She didn't kill herself. 
Um, they found her uh, and she had attempted to kill herself. Uh, and she was at this point in the conversation is still at the hospital, not doing well, but she's alive at least. Um, but yeah. And so he kind of is definitely grind. He's definitely like uh, shifted gears significantly and is really putting, you know, Ben over the coals here because of the contents of that tape recorder. And then now mm-hmm. we get to hear and see what was going on during his blackout, which is basically that, Ben was doing what I said. He was totally zonked out. She's talking to him and then she gets upset because he's basically doing what her husband does where he's not paying attention, starts yelling at him. Still nothing because Ben's fucking on drugs, as we now know. So he's not going to shift his attitude. Keeps doing it to the point where then she cuts herself on either wrist. And then Ben stands up to stop the bleeding. He's like, hey, what are you doing? And then she leaves. So and she goes, well, now I know yeah. why what I have to do to get someone's attention is to kill myself essentially. And then that's when she leaves. And this is all of the tape recorders. So of course, technically Ben did nothing wrong. And even the detectives like, well, you don't have to be a criminal to be an asshole or something like that, essentially, but you can still be an asshole. And then he leaves it at that. So Ben's, you know, scot free, but not without some insults being hurled by the detective. But yeah, quite an eventful uh, episode. Like I said, we've got a new ghost now. We've got Nora. Charles may show up. We don't know. Nora's at least there. Uh, Hayden might show up because she got murdered at the house. But let's not forget, we do. Um, we see Violet and Tate very brief in this episode. Let's not forget about Violet. Oh, yeah. So um, Vivian takes uh, Violet uh, to look at different type of apartments and stuff like that. And Vivian you know, is very adamant about moving, as we could tell. But Violet, she doesn't want to move out of the house. Mm-hmm. And she even threatens, if 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 we move, I'm going to run away. And I know how to run away. You'll never see her speak to me ever again. Um, so it, it kind of just, you know, puts a little thing onto Vivian. Because Violet also said that, you know what? Our house has character. And you know what else I see in that house? I see you as a badass and stuff like that. Yeah, she doesn't look at it as like they were victims. Yeah, We don't look at it as victims. I look at it as like, you know, you show me that you're just such a badass. And, you know, it. It's, it's just, you know, I can understand where Violet's coming from. And in the midst of all that, you can know, you know Violet knows something is in that house. But I don't think she knows the extent of no. how crazy it is right now, at least for Vivian and her and her dad, Ben, because I don't think she's really getting much of really anything except for, you know, that whole crazy thing with the freaking baby. And then, of course, your assumption that Tate is a ghost. And she I don't think she assumes that Tate's a ghost because I, I think she there. She knows creepy shits in the house. Again, to your point, the extent of that, I don't think she's aware of. But I, I it's interesting you bring up Tate again. Not surprisingly, because your fascination with Evan Peters got to even if he's on the screen for two seconds, he's going to get some minutes on the podcast. Beautiful. But it also brings up, in my mind, him axing one of the Manson family members. And it's not really the Manson family, but they're very similar. Um, Axing her and ripping her in half almost because if he is a ghost and he's capable of murdering, then that also means that I may not be wrong about Burning Man because he also would be capable of murdering. The only thing that's interesting about Burning Man, if he is a ghost, is the fact that he is able to leave the house constantly because you make a good point. Anytime he's seeing Ben, he is running. You know, like he's always, but he is always with Ben. So maybe it's a situation where he's more latched on to Ben and not necessarily well, the house I, could be the knows? thing too. Who knows? But you make a good point. He, if, if he is a ghost, he seems like he's the only person that's able to leave the house. And and he could, but and he could still be capable of murder because Tate did it. So if Tate's a ghost, well, we don't know if Tate's a ghost yet. We we don't even know he's if a ghost. Ghost. I'm calling you, it right now. You're calling right now. If this was a game of Clue, I would be headed to the pool to make my decision. <laughs> he's a ghost. Yeah, so, but what a great episode, you know, we, it seems like every episode we learn a lot about the, the, the history of the house, you know, we meet more characters, we get to understand more about the main characters, Ben, mm-hmm. Violet, Vivian, Constance, uh, we didn't see Adelaide in this episode, I don't think, I don't think we saw her at all. No, we did not. Um, but, 
yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how the season really comes about because, you know, let's not forget Vivian's pregnant. Yeah, that's going to come to an end, especially with it being an anthology series. We're going to wrap everything up by the end of the season. Yeah. So, And then also, you know, and then also we have uh, the whole her having this crazy sex fantasy with a rubber man. And I think we already know it seems like that rubber man was not Ben. Well, see, that's that's where you and I differ, because when we talked about it on the podcast, it looked and it may not have been Ben, but she at least saw Ben. But the thing is, it could have also been Ben because Ben was doing weird shit. He was sleepwalking. There's no reason that he couldn't potentially have all. I mean, I know that we see him with Constance downstairs, but again, we don't know the timeline on that. It's possible that that could have been after before. And it does look like Ben's eyes at least, but again, that could also be the ghost changing himself a little bit. Yeah. The ghost, you know, the ghost manifesting into different selves and different things. And I gotta, I gotta say, I have to say this because we're, we're, we're wrapping up here soon. We're talking, hearing you talk about the history of the house. And learning more about the ghosts and all of this, my dads are moving to France. Ooh, I'm so excited. Which is quite crazy. I'm excited. And I got it. It's exciting. And it, yeah. and it really, this is, this is, we were talking about this before that we started recording this episode. And I, and I forgot what my point was, but it was a great point here that we're talking about the history of the house. It's an old house, right? This murder house. My dad sends me a walkthrough of their their potentially new home they're going to be looking at it when they go to france this december uh it's one of the couple of homes that they're looking at to purchase and he sends me this house and it is a quintessential old beautifully old beautiful old french home very large very large almost a chateau if you will uh amazing yard everything a lot of stonework a lot of open a lot of vaulted ceilings with exposed wood beams and everything gorgeous home right yeah but let's be real here old in europe versus old in the u.s is a very different type of old it's like hundreds of years old. Okay. Not like, Oh yeah, this house was built in, uh, you know, 900 BC, like, uh, AD or something like just crazy. Yeah. There are houses that are that old and this house looks old like that. And he's, this guy is walking through the house. The realtor is walking through the house. And in my mind, I'm like, I ain't fucking buying this house. Okay. Like Jack and I watch house hunters international all the time. When we play cards, judge is all you want. It's the best way to spend an evening. All right. It really is. Um, but every time we watch that, there's always the guys like, well, I want more modern. And the, the spouse will always indefinitely be like, that's cause you don't want to fix things. Right. Cause they want a house that's older and with character. I'm like, nah, no. houses that are older with character also come with characters and those characters are ghosts. All right. I've seen enough horror movies. You to know, know, it's really funny, babe. You know, it's really funny. You, you talking about like old Europe. I can just think of like all of the wars that happened in Europe and wondering you if know. that house was standing or if it was used for some sort of like, uh, uh, like hospital or whatever. You have no you know, idea. You have no idea. You don't know who died in that house. You, uh, no. And that's when I, I, I tell you, Zach, <laughs> if we ever get a house, if we move out, you know, in the beautiful different country, in the in, in a different country, um, we are getting a modern house. I don't care if it's ugly. It's going to be a new care. construction and I'm going to look at the deed of the land and see what it's been before. Right. Uh, only new constructions, at least overseas. You know, here I'm, I'm not so worried. I'm but, sorry. Yeah. Like if that, if that means you have to spend an extra couple hundred dollars on rent or something like that, I, I, just new house. You, you sound like those houses on the mortgage. It would be, but <laughs> you sound like the spouses on house hunter international. Right? But I am uprooting my life. To go to England for you. So the least you can do is uh, get a new home, okay? Instead of this old haunted house. That is not me at all because you know you want a modern house too. Yes and no. I do like the charm, but I also like my sleep. And every time that guy turned a corner and everything looked beautiful, there's a reason he went through that house in the daylight. Because if that motherfucker went through that house at night, 
y'all wouldn't be looking at that house this December. Okay, dad, if you're listening, you wouldn't be because that house is going to be super spooks. And I challenge you. In fact, I encourage you to walk through the house when it's dark out. And if you don't get creepy vibes, then sure, look at that house because I know damn well that house looks like a house that you walk through the corridors with a little candle on a tray or something. You know, like it's like every horror movie. Oh my God. It's babe. a beautiful home. It really is a beautiful home. But again, it's just like, oh. And of course, my dad's sending me gifts of like people's legs getting tugged at, in the middle of the night when they're sleeping. And I know exactly what movie that was from. I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. That's so funny. I'm home alone tonight with the kid. Don't don't be sending shit like that. That is so funny. Oh, my God. I adore your dad even more. That is just such. He's like, oh, I'm going to put you in the haunted room. Like, no shit. No, I'm sleeping oh in the living room with I'm all gonna... the lights on, the candles or whatever you got in that <laughs> house. Does that house even have electrics? I'm kidding. It I'm going to bomb with your dad so much. It's not even funny. But anyways, well, that's it for this episode. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, where are we streaming at again, Zach? I know we're streaming. We're everywhere. Um, if you want to show your support for the show, you can leave a review for us. We always are encouraging of that. Uh, hopefully positive. If you have some constructive feedback, we're open to that too. But maybe leave us a voicemail or send us an email at Tupperware Party uh, Massacre Pod at gmail.com instead of leaving a review. But yeah, we are on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Apple or and or iTunes or Apple Podcasts. They've rebranded quite a lot. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Pandora. We're on Stitcher. And also technically SiriusXM by way of Stitcher because they just recently merged. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. So anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you should be able to hear us. Uh, share us with your friends. If you've got friends that are into just, you know, fun, ridiculous conversations, then just send them our way. Do you have friends that are fans of American Horror Story podcasts or friends that rewatch shows? Share. You know, that's the best way that you can support us. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Tupperware Party Massacre podcast. And we will see you guys on Thursday. Have a great couple of days. Bye.